0: Spark in your heart, catch on fire, and go do that. Go do it for five minutes or go do it for 20 minutes. There's a place to start there for everybody, whether that thing that makes you feel alive is playing the piano or dancing or baking cupcakes or writing or poetry. I mean, there's, again, a zillion different ways to be creative, and all of us have something inside of us that really makes us feel alive, and that's a great place to start.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio, I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Mothers often feel guilt when they pursue something that takes time away from their children, especially when that something could be deemed less important than parenting. Writer Ashley Gad felt the same way when she was navigating being a first-time mother, exhausted, yet yearning to be creative. Now the mother of three, Gad created Coffee and Crumbs, an online community for women wanting to express themselves through storytelling, and intentionally finds time to be creative. In her new book, Create Anyway The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood, Gad gives readers permission to pursue their creative gifts alongside motherhood. I'm thrilled to have her here to discuss this topic, and on today's episode, she'll discuss how being creative every day makes you a healthier person and a better mother, why it is more than okay to create and mother at the same time, why it takes a village to raise our kids and also make art, and much, much more. But as always, I want to share a minimalist moment that occurred this week for me. So I had the opportunity to visit the Good Day Columbus studios for a segment on Marie Kondo's latest comment on decluttering which we ended up not actually talking a ton about, but I had been brainstorming my thoughts prior to the interview. I wanted to clarify what she had actually said before I made a comment. Her words were, and I typed them out so I wouldn't forget, The joy that comes from parenting exceeds any satisfaction that could have come from a perfectly neat home. And then she goes on to say, My home is messy, but the way I am spending my time is the right way for me at this time at this stage in my life. And then lastly, she said, up until now, I was a professional tidier, so I did my best to keep my home tidy at all times. I have kind of given up on that in a good way for me. Now I realize that what is important to me is enjoying spending time with my children at home. All right. So in reading through that, maybe I have an interpretation that the media has missed I don't see her completely giving up on decluttering here. She's not saying that her house is cluttered. She's stating that it's messier nowadays and that that's okay with her. So I just like to suggest that mess and clutter aren't synonymous. And a lot of us are going to be on the continual pursuit to declutter our homes as we have kids and spouses bringing things in. So again, maybe this is my interpretation, but I perceive these comments to mean maybe the idea of thanking everything that no longer sparks joy has probably gone out the window for her right now. But I don't think that Marie Kondo would suggest the clutter to build after all of the research that she has shared with you. I don't think she would invalidate that just because she has kids at this point. Speaking for Marie Kondo if she doesn't mind. I would say that both of us would recommend taking pressure off of yourself to always have a tidy home. Your home doesn't always have to be tidy. However, don't give up on the pursuit of decluttering. You've seen the benefit. And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? There's my two cents on the Marie Kondo comments from the past couple of weeks. All right, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation with Ashley Gad, so let's get into it. Ashley, thanks so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. I have been a huge fan of Coffee
0: and Crumbs for, gosh, years now. When did you start Coffee and Crumbs? in 2014. So we're going on eight and a half years now, which is actually kind of crazy. If people aren't following along, I highly recommend them going over to your Instagram account, but also to Ashley's
1: Instagram account, because that's who's here today. I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll start our
0: conversation. Sure. Well, I'm Ashley Gad. I live in Sacramento, California with my husband of 15 years now and our three kiddos. We have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old and a brand new 4- year old. I am the founder of Coffee and Crumbs, which is an online storytelling community for mothers. And I have a book coming out pretty soon called create anyway, which is all about motherhood and creativity. And do you consider yourself to be a minimalist? I do. I mean, this question kind of makes me laugh because I want to tell you that I'm an ongoing aspiring minimalist who lives with four other humans who are not minimalists. Is that an appropriate answer?
1: Oh, no, absolutely. I figured that regardless of your answer, it's evident to me that you live very intentionally. So I was excited to see that you wrote this book because I think so many of us moms, especially now with the capabilities of Instagram or just becoming our own entrepreneurs, what inspired you to take this approach to writing a
0: book? This, gosh, was really the book that I wish I had kind of been given as a new mom because when I first became a mother myself back in 2012, this was sort of one of the first tensions that I really felt was the tension between my art and my mothering and trying to kind of figure out how I was gonna fit both of those things into my life. You know, motherhood was this really all-consuming role for me and prior to that, I had been used to having Just so much time to invest in my creative endeavors and pursuing a lot of my creative dreams and just investing in my own creative work. And so I really kind of struggled as a new mom. I feel like right off the bat, I felt almost this constant subtraction. Motherhood was constantly taking away from my creativity, and my creativity was taking away from my motherhood. It's like everywhere I looked, I just kind of had almost a scarcity mindset about it. And so Over the past 10 years, I feel like through time and experience and just God's grace, I've been able to kind of like flip that narrative around to really see how motherhood and creativity aren't taking things away from each other. They're actually really adding value to one another. That's kind of the heartbeat of the book.
1: I love the way that you put that, that one can exist without the other. And I saw that when I was writing my own book, I was like, oh, I wouldn't have these anecdotes if it weren't for my kids providing me with material. But also, yes, there is this guilt to to say, am I doing too much when they're this age, or is this supposed to be my main role? But also I do believe I was a created to be creative. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to not fulfill that, especially if I have a message to share. So there's a ton of guilt, I think that can drive us sometimes, or maybe a stigma. So why do you think that stigma exists? I guess, how do we get back to a balance too, of not feeling mm-hmm.
0: that okay? Yeah, it's so hard. And I think that for so many women, they tend to view pursuing the pursuit of their creative gifts as almost like a selfish thing. And it's kind of easy to file away creativity as a luxury or as kind of an optional form of self-care. And I think when we really kind of dig deep down into the foundation of it, I really believe our creativity matters. Like you said, like we were created to be creative by a super creative God. And I just believe that down to my toes that that matters. And so I just would love to encourage women to really dig into their own mindset and posture and narrative around the idea of creativity and reframing it not as just something optional you can just (laughs) discard when you're busy but really viewing it as something that helps us be a whole flourishing person. And I think when you frame it that way and you really do start to see the value of what creativity adds to your life, it's a little bit easier to not feel guilty when you're pursuing it because you know that it matters. It matters for your mental health. It matters for your well-being. And we don't think that like drinking water is a selfish act. And so in that same way, even though mothers often need to be reminded to drink more water, I have literally right next to me I have a post-it on my wall that says drink more water. <laughs> so sometimes we just have to be reminded of the things that matter in life to help us ease the guilt to make time for it.
1: So for you, I'm wondering what it looks like. I mean, did you feel like you were living a period of time where you were
0: guilty or that you felt guilty? And did you have an aha moment that kind of moved you through that? I do feel like it's been a little bit of an unraveling and maybe an untangling of the narrative that I had when I first became a mother that any time I spent doing anything that was not directly taking care of my child was selfish. I mean, that was a real thing that I felt when I first became a mom and something I had to really work through. And I think over time, again, I've been sort of creating in the margins of motherhood for a decade now, I would say now, it's not that I never, ever, ever, ever feel guilty when I'm maybe setting aside my motherhood duties to pursue my work or pursue a creative act, but I feel it far less. And I think that over time, I've just been able to really identify that when I am making time and space for the things that light me up and make me feel alive, like writing or photography, I'm actually a better mom to my kids. And so I can't feel bad about that because I think, again, Again, it's adding to my own ability to be a whole flourishing person. And really, truly, my family, I think, has been able to see that in me too. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it's been kind of a full family conversation and I have the support, you know, of my husband and of my kids to do the things that make me feel that way has helped tremendously as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think it's good to suppress that innate tendency that we have to be creative. Maybe for others, it doesn't look like photography or writing or Mm -hmm. doing something on social media. Maybe that could just be, I like to craft with my kids. I'm really good at it. And I shouldn't feel guilty about if I want to post that to social media. I've heard moms say, Oh, I don't like following that mom because she everything she does with her crafting, it makes me feel shame. But it's like, no, we can celebrate that. see that she's using her gifting there. And we can also celebrate
0: where our creative talents lie. And maybe we just haven't discovered that yet. Totally. Yeah. There's so many different ways to be creative. I'm not a crafty mom at all. Glitter (laughs) gives me hives, like get me as far away from those glue sticks as humanly possible. I want nothing to do with those popsicle crafts. I am truly not that mom, but I love to write and I love photography. So for me in my family and in my life and with my kids, a lot of my creative giftings look like writing stories about my family are capturing memories, taking pictures, taking videos. I'm the mom who has a bajillion really lovely photos of my children, which is not everybody's story. That's just like the one thing that I bring to the table. And I think that every single one of us brings something. There's some people that are really, really good at making food, <laughs> really good at putting elaborate family dinners on the table every night. That is not my story. That is not my lane. That is not me. You will not find elaborate family dinners at my house pretty much ever, but we all have our gifts. So. Oh, I can relate, I can relate. <laughs> for
1: a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as Lime Margarita and Grapefruit Paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at TakeArecess.com minimalist. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. someone specifically that doesn't feel creative, we're talking to that woman right now. So I guess what would you want her to hear and how would you encourage her to pursue creativity?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would love to just remind every mother that you are creative. I mean, every human being on this planet is creative. Mothers are especially creative. We are creating all the time. We are creating magic and fun and memories. And we are creating meals and traditions and bedtime routines. I mean, there is not a second of the day that we are not creating something either for ourselves or on behalf of our family or on behalf of our kids. And so... I would love to expand that definition of like what it means to be creative and just remind every mother that throughout the day, you are engaging in this, whether or not you're even able to identify it. But I think in terms of just jumpstarting your creativity, the best advice I have is to really just kind of think through and maybe this is where like journaling comes in handy to kind of think through and maybe journal through what really makes you feel alive? What gives you energy? What makes that little spark in your heart catch on fire. And go do that. Go do it for five minutes or go do it for 20 minutes. There's a place to start there for everybody, whether that thing that makes you feel alive is playing the piano or dancing or baking cupcakes or writing or poetry. I mean, there's, again, a zillion different ways to be creative. And all of us have something inside of us that really makes us feel alive. And that's a great place to start. So, you have a chapter in your book and it's called
1: It Takes a Village. I'm assuming throughout the last eight to 10 years that you've been doing this, you've had your village alongside of you. And I think without that support system, it is hard to be creative because for me, we're going to swap childcare right now so that Diane can go work on the podcast. But I guess I would say for people that are having a hard time finding that village of support, maybe that's just support of, hey, we're both going to go to this mm-hmm. knitting class tonight things like that. So I guess for people that don't have that village of support, how would you encourage them?
0: Yeah, support is so important. And truly without the support that I've had in my life, I probably would have given up on a lot of this a long time ago because I have wanted to quit a million times. (laughs) And my community and my support are the ones who haven't let that happen. So I do think it's really essential from what you're talking about, like the physical logistics of just helping one another actually physically make the time and have the space and have the quiet. I mean, that is so life-giving. I remember when I only had one child, so this was back in 2012, 2013, I did like a babysitting swap with a friend. So I would watch her kid for three hours every week and she would watch my kid for three hours every week. And it was not a ton of time, but it was something and something is always better than nothing. So... I've had everything from that to right now I have a mastermind group with three friends and we talk every single day on Voxer, 365 days a year. And they were beyond influential in even just me starting it and finishing it. I couldn't have done it without their help and without their support. So I think it's so important to have that in your life, whether that's physical people who are in your real life community, or my mastermind lives all over the country and we all live in different states. We just talk virtually online and through our phones, but I do think it's really, really essential. And I would just encourage anyone who wants to have something like that, that being the inviter is a hundred times easier than sitting around and waiting to be invited. And I know it's really scary to put yourself out there. It's really terrifying to go first and to ask someone to be your friend or support you or be part of your community. But in my experience, that's how these things happen. I'm kind of the initiative taker in a lot of my circles and... I can't recommend that enough to just put yourself out there and go first.
1: People want to be invited. So I think the hesitation or the fear that we have that we might get turned down by someone, I think is usually untrue. And if we just do, it is stepping out of your comfort zone if you're introverted. But I think that people, especially moms in little years too, it can be really lonely. So I think taking that
0: first step is so important. I don't know. Maybe that's easy for an extrovert to say. (laughs) I'm an introvert. Okay, I'm an introvert and I still, you touched on social media a tiny bit in the very beginning. But I think especially with social media, there is just this general sense of FOMO happening constantly, right? Like we're just constantly looking at everyone else and all their friendships. And I think it can be just really easy to spiral into that pity party of, well, no one's inviting me anywhere. But when we just kind of get over ourselves a little bit, because often for me, that's what it is. I just have to get over myself and go make the first move or send the first text or whatever it is, put out that first invitation, that's the quickest way to move past those feelings.
1: Well, do you have any other word of encouragement or maybe
0: even something that you'd like listeners to take away from reading your book? I think I would just love to reiterate that creativity is part of what makes us a whole flourishing person and it deserves space in your life and you have permission to do that. Absolutely. Well, that's a great word. Well, Ashley, where can listeners connect with you
1: if they want to do so online or grab a copy of your new book?
0: Sure. Well, my book is available pretty much everywhere. So Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, all the Christian bookstores. And you can connect with me through my website, ashleygad.com or over on Instagram. I'm at ashleygad. And you can also connect with Coffee and Crumbs in all the places where coffeeandcrumbs.net. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two
1: questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what has been a beneficial resource to you that you'd like to share with the listeners? And this can be something associated with today, but it can also just be something that's had a profound impact
0: for you. I would love to recommend a book by Andrew Peterson called Adorning the Dark. And that was just like a really influential book in my life over the last couple of years. And I really love his perspective on faith and art. And I think it's just a really great read. He's a songwriter. And so... He's more into music than I'm not musically inclined. I feel the need to say that in like all capital letters right now. Yeah, (laughs) But I think that's what I really loved about it because I really enjoy hearing other creators and other artists talk about their process. And so I just really enjoyed that book and would love to share it.
1: I think that so often we're like, oh, I need to do something with this creation. I need to Mm. make money off of it because then I can't justify the time spent doing it as a mom.
0: Yeah, that is a very real tension. And I think it plays a really big role in the guilt and or feeling selfish when we're pursuing creative acts that don't render money or applause. It can kind of seem like, well, what is the point of this? But the more and more that I've been creating over the years, I mean, I create all kinds of things all the time that I don't share. I do share a lot through my job, my work. I put a lot of my art out for the the public consumption of others. But there's a lot of art that I'm creating in the four walls of this house that is never going to see the light of day. And it's not wasted. The process of that is teaching me something. There's always something to be learned through the creative process. And I also think a lot of the art that we make can fill us up internally and reap internal rewards that don't matter out in the world for all intents and purposes. So I just see so much value in creativity and in the benefits it gives to our mental health. And again, just going back to being a whole flourishing person, there's so much value to be had there just on the inside of what it's doing and transforming in us. Again, I just think it's really worth pursuing.
1: Well, and that's what your book's called, Create Anyway. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, there you go <laughs> Creativity in the margins of motherhood we're on a video call right now and looking at your home too i mean it's beautifully designed and i think that is a in itself it's creativity too and our kids are experiencing that so if we're talented with home design i think that we shouldn't discredit that and creating these spaces that our kids enjoy and so no absolutely well, all right
0: well my last question for you
1: is what
0: is something that you can't stop talking about Well, you touched on it already a little bit, but I cannot stop talking about healthy social media boundaries. I am becoming the hype girl (laughs) for social media boundaries. I can't stop talking about that. So this is something that's been kind of on my heart over the last few years. I've been stepping away and away and away and away from Instagram. I currently delete the app every other week. I delete Mm -hmm. it every January and every August. So I'm currently spending about 30 weeks off of Instagram a year and about wow. 22 weeks on. And I'm looking to do possibly even less than that in the years to come. So, I mean, I hesitate to say it's changed my life, but kind of, <laughs> it's yeah. definitely changed a lot of things in my life. And it's currently probably the healthiest habit that I have. Yeah,
1: I can definitely see the benefit when I step away even for an afternoon. It's mm-hmm. it has a positive benefit to me. So. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. As I said, I want to direct listeners to go to the Coffee and Crumbs account if they haven't before because it's beautiful. And I hope that they also enjoy this book. So thanks for sharing it with us today. Thank you so much. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com where you can find the entire podcast archive as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity or other ways to connect or work with me online.